0: Today on the Matt Wall Show, one of the largest and oldest Confederate statues has come down in Virginia, but uh, it's what they plan to put in its place that really tells the story, I think. The campaign to take down Confederate statues and monuments was never really about the Confederacy or about slavery, as much as the mob insisted that it was. I'll explain what it was really about today. Also, the State Department continues to issue stern verbal warnings to the Taliban over their lack of inclusivity, and Larry Elder is physically attacked by a crazed leftist in California who's wearing a monkey mask. Something tells me that this would be headline news if this was a Democrat who was attacked. And Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has made her scientific case for why men can menstruate. We will hear her out. Maybe she makes a good case. We'll find out today on The Matt Walsh Show. Well, I'm always telling you about my pillow, and you know by now that my pillow. Hopefully, you know from experience, my pillow has a passion to help everybody get the best sleep of their lives. My pillow didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow, though—a pillow that I, as we are, have been on our travels and have stayed at serial killer motels and in warehouses, um, I, I unfortunately have not had my pillows. So I haven't been getting the best sleep of my life, but um, but I miss it. And that's why when I get home, I can't wait to get back to my MyPillow and our Giza Dream bed sheets. That's the latest thing they've got from MyPillow. Uh, MyPillow found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. MyPillow sheets come with a 60 day money back guarantee and a 10 year warranty. The first night you sleep on Giza sheets, you will never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Street sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors. MyPillow's latest incredible deal is the sale of the year. For a limited time, you'll receive 50% off the Giza Dream sheets. Um, you'll receive a set for as low as $49.99. So go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use promo code DAILYWIRE. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. Call 1-800-651-1148. Use promo code DAILYWIRE. Go to MyPillow.com. Make sure to use promo code DAILYWIRE. All right, as uh, we continue our tour of who knows where, broadcasting live today from what appears to maybe be my psychiatrist's office, I'm not sure. To start with, let me reiterate something that uh, I mentioned on the show yesterday. After months of waiting and, and buildup, uh, the time has finally come, the moment that, that all of the people of the earth have been waiting for, I think. The Sweet Baby Gang t-shirts are finally on sale now You can officially now like show your pride in this movement that we have, that we have built together. Um, and even more important than that, I think, you can. Uh, it gives you an opportunity to give me your money. And that's really what, what any self-respecting cult is about at the end of the day. Now, admittedly, um, after all of the waiting and anticipation, the rollout has been somewhat anticlimactic. I mean, I don't even have the shirt myself because we're on the road. But it wouldn't really be a Matt Walsh show thing if it wasn't handled in a weird and anticlimactic way when you think about it. So I think it all works out in the end. So go get your shirts today and you can go to uh, the YouTube video that maybe you're watching right now. If you're not, go to YouTube and click on the link in the description. All right. Um, From the good news of the shirts to the not so good news. You may remember back when the mob first began its campaign to tear down every statue across the country that it had deemed problematic. Well, maybe there wasn't one precisely definitive start date for that campaign. There have been sort of bursts of statue toppling fervor here and there over the course of recent years. But those kind of dwindled and died down and many of the statues remained. Only after George Floyd's death was it decided that all of the bad statues had to come down, all of them, everywhere in the country. And if local authorities would not agree to take them down, then the mob said, well, we'll just do it ourselves and we won't be arrested for it. And none of them ever were, or very few of them were. But as this was happening, I can recall even many conservatives claiming that um, it was not, as it appeared to be, a war on American history or on American culture at all. This was merely about getting rid of all those pesky Confederate monuments. That's all it was about. We were told. Many of those monuments had stood for over a century. Most people weren't bothered by them for decades and decades. But now, right now, it has to happen now. They all had to come down, and and um, and that was fine. We we were assured. Those of us who said that this will not stop with the Confederate monuments, that this is indeed a war on our history, that it will continue, because the mob has become emboldened. Those of us who said that, we were shouted down as conspiracy theorists and paranoids and racists. And again, even conservatives were in the crowd shouting at us. But of course, we were proven right. The mob soon began making the very predictable argument that, hey, almost all of our white historical heroes were racist by our standards today. Some of them were slave owners. uh, or, Or at least tacit endorsers of slavery. And so they have to come down as well. You know, why should we let the Jefferson monuments and Jefferson's name uh, remain on, on, on school buildings? He was a slave owner. He was racist. And next thing you know, statues of the founding fathers come down. Uh, uh, schools are renamed. Columbus is canceled and on and on and on. And there is no end in sight. Just recently, here's the, one of the most recent things. A school board in Ontario literally burned books. This is not a metaphorical book burning, which we've seen a lot of that. This is an actual book burning, and they they called it a flame purification ceremony. That's what they called it, to get rid of books that were deemed offensive by uh, Aboriginal people. Now, I say all this as a preamble to the story that I'm going to talk about here. Um, I say it to to remind you that those on my side of this issue were right. We were exactly right. We told you what would happen. We told you where the Confederate monument thing would lead. And we were right. So keep that in mind as uh, we read from this. This is from the Daily Wire. It says The largest Confederate monument display in the United States was removed from public view on Wednesday, over a year after Governor Ralph Northam called for its removal following the death of George Floyd. And we know that Governor Northam, who famously wore blackface, he's very offensive. He's he's, he's very uh, concerned with anything that might be considered racially offensive. Um, the statue, a commemoration to Confederate General Robert E. Lee was unveiled in the 1890s in a field outside Richmond. The 21-foot statue features Lee on a horseback and sat atop a 40-foot granite base. The whole monument was six stories tall. Governor Ralph Northam called for its removal last year, saying that we could no longer honor a system that was based on the buying and selling of enslaved people. He added, yes, the statue has been there for a long time, but it was wrong then, and it was wrong now. Well, wearing blackface was wrong then, and it's wrong now, too. Yet here you are, Northam. Um, And the the move uh, to try to take the statue down, that prompted a legal challenge, and that went through the courts, and finally they decided to take it down. Now, I need to repeat a couple of points that I've made before about these kinds of stories. The first is that for many decades, most people were able to acknowledge that somebody like Robert E. Lee was a significant historical figure, and, um, and worthy of remembering. And, and they were able to view him within the context of his time. Yes, he fought for the South. He fought for Virginia, specifically. That's what he was fighting for. His home was in Virginia. His family was in Virginia. He couldn't bring himself to take up his sword against his own family, against his sons. He didn't favor secession, but he felt called to fight in any case. Because that's the sense of duty that, that men of that time had on both sides. Um, we, may not, we, may, we may not understand a lot of this now, but that was the context of the time. He wasn't racially enlightened by our standards today, that's for sure. But then again, literally nobody on earth was. That doesn't excuse slavery. It doesn't excuse any evil perpetrated by anyone against anybody else. But it does provide context. These are all things that most people understood at one time. And that was a mark of healing, okay? That was a mark of progress from the time of the Civil War. The fact that we can't recognize that context anymore, that we can't stand to even see the image of any man who fought on one side of that conflict anymore is to me a sign of regression. It's not a sign of progress. Also, as I've also said many times, no matter how you feel about the Confederate monuments, even if when when viewing the issue in a vacuum, you would prefer if they were taken down or were never erected in the first place, even if you don't like the monuments, even if you hate the monuments, you still should have opposed them being taken down like this by this mob for these reasons right now. It's not good for any decision to be made at the behest of a hysterical ideological mob. Otherwise, good decisions are not good if they're done at metaphorical or real gunpoint. There could be good arguments for removing some of them. But the argument that the mob was making, it doesn't matter what the good arguments could be, the argument the mob was making and has made for taking down all of these statues and not just the Confederate ones, is that we have to do it for George Floyd, number one, and also that America is a racist country and we have to purge ourselves of that history and atone for it. That's why these statues are coming down. There might be better possible reasons for some of them, but this is the actual reason. This is why they're actually doing it. And if you support what they're doing, then you are at least tacitly supporting the reason for doing it. Now, to further demonstrate the point, uh, the Robert E. Lee statue that they just took down, which, by the way, it's also worth noting, was was a priceless and quite impressive work of art, but they cut it into pieces and are just going to put it in a warehouse somewhere. Um, That's the other thing we hear is, well, we're just moving it to a museum. Actually, in a lot of these cases, they're not moving them to museums. They're destroying them. And that's what happened here. Um, But that statue had a time capsule from 1890 hidden in the base of it. And that time capsule is, and I don't think we know what was in it yet. They haven't told us. Uh, But that time capsule is being removed, and they're replacing it with a new one. Here's NPR. It says, according to the governor's office, a group of historians, educators, Uh, artists and state officials worked together to select nearly 40 submissions to be placed inside the new time capsule. Some of the items include a photo of a black ballerina taken by a local Richmond photographer in front of the statue, a kente cloth worn at the 400th commemoration of 1619, a Black Lives Matter sticker, a Stop Asian Hate flyer, an LGBTQ pride pen, and an expired vial of Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, This is what the statue topplers want, not just to get rid of the old history, but to replace it with a new history, to rewrite the story. And these are the objects they choose to encapsulate our time. They choose objects which tell a story of mostly imaginary oppression and of fear. I mean, I think that's the main thing that uh, that, uh, people of the future, when they open that time capsule, they're gonna look at that and say, wow, these people were freaking wimps. They were afraid of everything. Um, they've decided nobody who came before us contributed anything worth honoring. And this is what they contribute. See, this was never about the Civil War. It was never about Confederacy or slavery. This was always about reshaping America in their own image. And they've largely succeeded. So that time capsule, as much as I hate to say it, really does encapsulate our period. And at least now, archaeologists of the future, when they open it, will have little trouble pinpointing exactly when everything started to fall to pieces. Now let's get to our five headlines. You know, the one thing I love talking to people about is magnesium, and that, that's what the people in the world are, are discussing, in my experience anyway. Magnesium breakthrough by BiOptimizer specifically. This is what will help you get a nice, long night's sleep. If you're having trouble falling asleep or staying asleep, one of the best things you could possibly do is start getting enough magnesium, as I always say. But please don't run to the store and buy the first magnesium supplement that you find. Most magnesium supplements use only the two cheapest synthetic forms. Not all magnesium supplements are created equal. And since they're not full spectrum, those other ones, they uh, won't fix your magnesium deficiency or help you sleep better. So you're wasting your time and your money. There are actually seven unique forms of magnesium and you have to get all of them if you want to experience its calming, sleep-enhancing effects. That's why I recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by BioOptimizer. Uh, simply take two capsules before you go to bed and you'll be amazed by how much better you sleep. For an exclusive offer for my listeners, go to www.magbreakthrough.com Walsh and use code Walsh10 to save 10% when you try Magnesium Breakthrough. And one more thing, for a limited time, Bio-Optimizer is also giving away free bottles of their best-selling product, P3OM and Mass zymes with select purchases. So go to magbreakthrough.com Walsh now to get your exclusive 10% discount plus the chance to get more than 50% worth of supplements for free. Man, this thing with the female sports analysts is still going on. Like there's still usually it's a day, you know, when I when I've gone through this with the angry uh, internet mob, it, it normally it's 24 hours. And they move on. Like, listen, usually it's like 12 to 24 hours. That's kind of the, the expiration date on most of the online outrage. Um, this one is, every once in a while, you get to like a 48-hour, 36 to 48-hour. I, I think we're going to, this might, this might go 48 hours. This might be a 48-hour outrage because they're still coming after me. And it, it's every single female sports analyst in the country has to get their dunk in. Like, they all have to... It's like one at a time. Uh, they all have to say their piece about it. And and what I'll say is, um, not going to get into the whole thing again. But after having listened to all these people and having thousands of emotional women scream at me for the past two days, I actually have reevaluated my original position, and I've come to the conclusion that. Um, I'm even more right than I originally thought. That's what I've realized from all of this. So I thank you. I thank the outrage mob for that. All right. We'll start with this. Secretary of State uh, Blinken in Germany yesterday scolded the Taliban for their lack of inclusivity. Every time they do this, the bureaucrats in charge of our government, they get uh, ruthlessly mocked and deservedly so. But that doesn't stop them. They they don't realize that they're being laughed at because they're in their bubble. So here he is at a press conference in Germany talking about the... uh, very disappointed that the Taliban is not inclusive enough. Yesterday, the Taliban named a new
1: interim government. We're assessing the announcement, but despite professing that a new government would be inclusive, the announced list of names consists exclusively of individuals who are members of the Taliban or their close associates, and no women. We're also concerned by the affiliations and track records of some of those individuals. With regard to the composition of this uh, government or or, or interim government, um, I noted uh, the fact that it certainly does not meet the test of inclusivity um, and it includes uh, people who um, have uh, very challenging track records. Our engagement with the Taliban and with uh, uh, a government, uh, interim or, uh, or, or long-term, will be for purposes of advancing uh, the national interest, uh, advancing our interests, the interests of, uh, of, our, of our partners. Uh, we have and we will find ways to engage uh, the Taliban, to engage uh, uh, an interim government, uh, a future government, uh, to do
0: just that and to do it uh, in ways that are fully consistent with, uh, with our laws. I forgot about the challenging track record bit. That's my favorite part, actually. I thought the inclusivity part was my favorite. but no, it's it's the Taliban has a ch- challenging track record. Well, that is that's one way to put it. There, that might be a useful euphemism that people can maybe your, you know your daughter could use that. She comes home, brings home a you know ex-con murderer that she's dating. what's, 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 what's his background? Oh, he has a he has a he has a challenging track record. But, you know, Secretary of State Blinken, he is, he's not angry. He's disappointed. He's disappointed in the Taliban for not being more inclusive. And I'm sure the Taliban is sitting, you know, they're sitting in their, in their uh, caves. Well, they used to be in caves. Now they're in their palaces that they took over. And they're sitting there and uh, they're, they're talking to each other. They're saying, you know, I, I thought we had the right idea with all of this uh, jihad stuff and depressing women. Stoning people to death, stoning women to death for showing their faces. I thought we had, a, but if 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 Secretary of State Blinken is disappointed in us, then I think we need to. I think it might be time to reevaluate some things. I'm sure the Taliban is saying that. All right, next, uh, Larry Elder, of course, running for governor of California. Was walking through Los Angeles yesterday, and here's something that if you follow conservative media, you've probably already seen this. If you don't follow it then you haven't seen this, but you certainly would. What you're about to, we'll play the clip. What you're about to see here, just imagine any non-white Democrat experiencing exactly what we're going to see with Larry Elder. And it would be non-stop news across the country, headlines for two weeks, easily. Here it is.
2: My me you touch me again. do touch me again. Again. I, don't
0: I, I you Might have been hard to, to tell what was going on there if you weren't watching the video. That was a leftist woman in a gorilla mask running up and throwing an egg at Larry Elder, and she missed. You know, frankly, she was throwing like a girl, and she did miss. But then his security goes up, and she's getting in the security guy's face, say, "Do something." Say, saying that he that that she would. Uh, I think her words were, "F him up." This little tiny scrawny. And that's that's always frustrating when you see these videos. That these antifa wusses all get away with that. Um, because the security guy, no, and I, I assume that was security. He, he knows that if he responds at all, even though at that point, I mean, he's being physically assaulted now by this woman. If he responds at all physically, then he's going to be the one who ends up in jail. This is California, after all. Now, as I said, there's there's no question at all that if this happened to a black Democrat or any non-white Democrat, uh, this would be headline news. Two, two weeks. I mean, it would be like the only thing you heard about. Um and there's no doubt about that. Now, a lot of people on the right are pointing that out and pointing it out for good reason. And you're also hearing that uh, this is this is racist. This is racism towards Larry Elder. Uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm fine with that accusation or, or that uh, interpretation of the events because if it was reversed, that's what everybody would be saying. So that's fair enough. But I will say in reality, I, I don't think it actually is Racism, exactly. Uh, I think there was a racist message she was trying to send. I mean, why else would she be dressed like that? But um, does she hate Larry Elder because he's black? Probably not. I mean, if he was the exact same guy, exact same skin color, and he was singing the tune that that she prefers... Uh, you know, and he and he had the BLM t-shirt and he was saying trans, Black Trans Lives Matter or something and he's wearing a t-shirt that said that, then, uh, then she wouldn't have done that. I think what it is, more so than racism, this is just that people on that side, especially the radicals, Antifa and everything, they just don't recognize the humanity of anybody who disagrees with them. So if you disagree with them, if you have a worldview that differs from their own, then all bets are off. They could be racist towards you. They could be sexist towards you. They could do anything and kill you. I mean, they could do whatever they want because you're not a person anymore, no matter what your race is. Uh, And that applies regardless of race. So that's what this is actually, that doesn't make it better. It's just as bad, but that's what's actually happening here. It's not it's not so much oh we hate Larry Elder because he's a black man. It's he disagrees with us, so he's a piece of garbage and worthless and so we can treat him however we want and this is how we're going to treat him. If his if his race contributes at all to the treatment, um and it might it's because people on the left feel that if you're black then they then they own you. You 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 owe something to them. And if you disagree with them, especially if you're running for governor of California as a Republican, how dare you? Then um, not only do they hate you for your worldview, but also on top of it, they consider you a traitor to them. All right. We had the clip yesterday of AOC referring to menstruating people right after calling them women. She was on CNN. She was kind of fluctuating between the two. She couldn't really figure out how to to navigate this. Well, later that afternoon, she was uh, reacting to the media reports about her, you know, saying menstruating people. And this is what she she tweeted. She said, in response to a Daily Mail headline, the headline was, AOC calls women menstruating people while explaining the female body. Uh, AOC says, not just women, trans men and non-binary people can also menstruate. Some women also don't menstruate for many reasons, including surviving cancer that require a hysterectomy. GOP mad at this are are protecting the patriarchal idea that women are most valuable as uterus holders. And then she continues, trans, two-spirit and non-binary people have always existed and will always exist. People can stay mad about that if they want, or they can grow up. Uh, okay, first of all, th- this thing they do where they, where they you know bring up women who can't menstruate, women who can't have babies,, yeah, yeah we know about that. That has, that has nothing to do with anything. N- nobody ever claimed, that only that, that all women can conceive children and give birth. Nobody ever said that. The claim, AOC, is that only women can conceive children within themselves and give birth. Only women can bear children. Not that every woman can, certainly not that every woman does, but that only women can. Which means if someone is bearing children, if someone is pregnant, then you know 100% of the time that's a woman. That's the claim that we're making. As far as this idea that uh, trans, two-spirit, and non-binary people have always existed, will will always exist, that's ahistorical nonsense. Uh, It's it's simply not true at all. Um, Two-spirit is what the left will claim, that two-spirit is the the Native American conception of, of transgenderism, which it isn't. I mean, this was something that was mostly invented. This two-spirit thing was mostly invented by um, the LGBT lobby. Trans people existing in other cultures throughout history is just not true. Okay, you, you may be able to find, I mean, you can find examples throughout history. You can find examples in the world today in other cultures of, um, of cultures that have gender roles that are different from our own. You know, cultures that have slightly different ideas about what men are supposed to do and what women are supposed to do. You can also find examples, especially in the world today, across the world, of men in in, in some cultures um, dressing and acting like the women in those cultures. You can find cross-dressers across the world. You can find them throughout history. That's certainly the case. Nobody ever denied that. What you won't find in history or anywhere outside of modern Western culture, is the idea that a man can literally actually be a woman. You might, you might find men acting as women, dressing as women, you might find that, but you're not going to find this idea that a man actually is one in reality. That is a uniquely modern and Western conception. It doesn't exist anywhere else. And it didn't even exist here until very recently. This is actually, the you know, trans women are women. This is the most recent evolution or devolution of of transgender ideology. Because you may remember for, you know, for many years we heard about this. I can remember even when I was growing up. Uh, we heard about gender and sex, and how these are two different things. And someone can have a uh, a you know a, a male sex, but they identify more with the with the female gender or the or the woman gender. So these are two separate and distinct things. It's only been in the last few years that that distinction has been collapsed again, and now we're being told by the same people who told us that there was this distinction. Now they're saying no, no, they're they're the same thing. Really, I mean, sex is 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 fluid and subjective. So is gender. It's all the same thing. And if you sit down and you ask them, you say, okay, well, what's the difference now? Like, what do we need? What do you even mean anymore when you're talking about gender and sex? Why do we why do we need both terms? They'll have no answer. They have no coherent answer for that. So it's, it's not even enough to say that this is unique to our culture. It's like it's unique to the last few years in our culture. That's how recent and new and uh, also insane it is. All right. Howard Stern had some uh, thoughts about people who don't get vaccinated. In fact, he was on his show. He started by laughing and and mocking the uh, a few conservative radio hosts who were said they didn't want to get vaccinated, and and then they died of coronavirus. And that's happened a few times. And Howard Stern thinks that's hilarious. He had a lot of fun with that. I mean, these are people, you know, just normal people who died. They had families and kids. Howard Stern thought it was hilarious. And then he starts talking about. In general, people who don't want to get vaccinated. And this this was his uh, his thoughts about it. i
1: tell you what. As far as I remember, when I went to school, you had to get a measles vaccine. You had to get a mumps vaccine. You had to get, there was a ton of them you got. You still Polio. have to.
0: In order to go to school, you have to have certain vaccines.
1: When are we going to stop putting up with the idiots in this country and just say, you now, it's mandatory to get vaccinated. F*** them. their freedom. I want my freedom to live. I want to get out of the house already. I want to go next door and play chess.
0: You you remember when Howard Stern was, you know, counterculture, rebellious, edgy? And this is what he is now. This is is the problem. Stick around too long in the scene. I mean, he's in, what is he, in his 70s now? Should have retired years ago. Now he's this cranky old man complaining because he wants to leave his house and play chess and take pictures. Go ahead and do that. No one's stopping you. Howard, go ahead. Leave, leave your house. Who said you can't? You're vaccinated. Whoever you want to play chess with, I'm assuming, I mean, you, you, I'm assuming you don't comport with the unclean, unvaccinated type, so they're vaccinated. Put on, your, put on five masks. Go to your friend's house and play chess if you want to. Have him wear five masks too. No one's stopping you from doing that. It's this is rich old guy. Hiding in his home, trembling in fear because people who are far away from him are not vaccinated, pose no threat to him whatsoever. But this this uh, statement of F your freedoms, Howard Stern not the first one to say that. We've been hearing that more and more. That is a that is a very startling development in a country when you have people, especially in America, that was built on this idea of freedom. And we always thought, you know, I've talked in the past about what, what is, it, as, as Americans, we, we, we say we're the United States of America. What is it that unites us anymore? How, how are we one people or one country? What, what unifying thing is there, aside from geography? And even the geography isn't very unifying anymore because we've erased the borders, so those are indistinct as well. So wh- what is it? Aside from the fact that we all basically live in the same kind of region, of the globe, uh, what, what holds us all together? What do we have in common as Americans? And I've been saying for years, there's really nothing, but the one answer that I've always gotten from, from people is that, uh, well, we all, we all believe in freedom. That's what we have in common. Now, even if that was true, I'm not sure that it's enough to make a real country, a real people, you know, but it's not true. It hasn't been true for a while, and now they're being open about it. They're saying, F your freedom. F your freedom. I want to feel safer. I will gladly trade your freedom for my safety. And not even for my safety, but for my feeling of safety. Because Howard Stern's safety is not at all being jeopardized by any unvaccinated person living in his bubble in his rich neighborhood where everybody is vaccinated. So what he's saying, and he's not the only one, is I will, I'll take your freedom away just so I can feel better. It's bad enough when we've got many Americans who feel that way, and it's been like that for, for years. But now that they're saying it, F your freedom, that's a bad sign. Nothing good. That, we don't go anywhere. You know, there's nothing good comes from that. There is no happy ending that begins with F your freedoms. All right. Um, another clip that I've had that I've wanted to play for a couple of days. There's been uh, a lot of this kind of thing in response to the flooding that happened in New York City. But um, here's one example. Eric Adams, mayoral candidate, blaming the floods on the human race and especially on America uh, uniquely for screwing up the planet. Here he is. I'm curious what needs to change in your mind to prepare New York City for the next storm and can, can you guarantee that it'll get done on time?
2: Uh, no, you can't. And uh, what's going to prepare us is honesty. <laughs> Let's be clear, we screwed up our planet and this is the byproduct of that screw up. And we have to be honest about how do we move our country and our cities in the right direction. And it's not going to be done by the next storm. Uh, We're not going to build out our entire sewer systems. Uh, We're not going to do what Copenhagen did overnight. Uh, We need to be honest. If 300 years or 100 years ago we were receiving storms of this magnitude, we would have built differently. Now we're here, and now it's time to visit all of these countries across the globe that made the adjustment. We must do the same. Something uh, that we can do within a short period of time, like building retaining pools inside our parks now. And then we have long term plans. As we build out our sewer system, we can't build it out based on the previous rainfalls. We have to build it out based on monsoons. And if we're not honest about this conversation, we're going to lose more lives and we're going to see a greater level of property damage in our city.
0: To be clear, he's talking about what policies can be put in place to stop the rain. Okay, this is like a, he might as well start doing a rain dance. This this is what he's talking about. What policies can be put in place, even just in New York City, to stop it from raining? At least as much as as it did, as it has. Uh, Meanwhile, the mainstream media is trumpeting a report that says one in three Americans have lived through a weather disaster this summer. This, This report got a lot of attention a few days ago. One in three Americans have lived through a weather, a, a weather disaster, quote, unquote, this summer. And that's the, the highest number in forever. And it's a, more, more proof that we're heading towards the end times, they tell us. Now, you hear that and you think, well, OK, how do you define weather disaster? And also, doesn't that speak more to the places that Americans want to live and tend to congregate? Doesn't that factor into this? I will say, as I've said before about climate change, um, first of all, you know, most of the people who are panicking over climate change have no sense. We talk about historical context. Well, when we're discussing global patterns, the historical context has to go much farther back than the 19th century. You've got to go back millions of years. And so when Eric Adams says, well, we've never had storms like this in in New York, uh, I'm not convinced that that's true even just looking at the last few decades. But if we look at that region of the planet and extend the scope of our search over hundreds and thousands of years, how can you even make that statement? The climate has changed dramatically. It goes in dramatic cycles over the course of thousands and millions of years. It's hard for us to see it that way. It's hard for us to really place ourselves within within a timeline that stretches for millions and billions of years. But when you're talking about the climate, you have to do that. You have to take that into account. You have to take into account the natural cycles of the globe. Uh, And this is one of the reasons why, I'm sorry, I I don't care about climate change. I just don't care about it. And the only difference between me and most Americans, uh, even a lot of the Americans who pretend to care about it, is just I'm saying it out loud. It's pretty clear that almost nobody, despite all the hectoring from AOC and Eric Adams and everybody else, Al Gore, it's pretty clear that no one actually cares about it. Even the people who are doing the hectoring, famously, they get on private jets, they live in big houses, they keep their lights on. They're making like no sacrifices at all they claim to believe that if we don't make serious sacrifices right now the, the whole world could actually end within a decade or, or, or a few or or at best uh, the, the earth lingers on but we have destroyed civilization for our children our grandchildren. That's what they're saying and they make no changes to their lives. Now that doesn't mean just because you notice that someone, isn't living according to the beliefs that they profess. It doesn't mean that the beliefs are wrong. But when you see that it's that that it's this widespread and ubiquitous, that almost all of the people pretending to care about this clearly in their own lives don't. That's when you start to suspect. You start to suspect that there's something going on here. So I'll say it out loud. I don't, I, I I don't care. I intuitively. It doesn't make sense to me that the American government in the year 2021 could pass some kind of policy that is going to significantly change the cycles of the earth and of the climate and weather. But even if it's true, which I really don't buy, but even if it is, according to everything we're hearing from these people, we're doomed anyway. Like we would all have to stop using electricity and, and, Basically embrace a return to the Stone Age right now. And not just here, but across the globe. In order to make any kind of dent. And that's not going to happen. So, either there's there's really nothing we can do to change the weather. Or um, there's something we can do, but we're not doing it and no one is going to do it. And what that leads me to is let's continue to live our lives. There are a lot of things to worry about, a lot of things to be afraid of. We don't need to put this on the list. You know, the thing about living in Biden's America is that uh, when he, on the rare occasion, he actually gives a press conference. It can be very difficult to understand what he's saying. And that's if if your hearing is perfect. um, It can be difficult to understand. But imagine if you have hearing loss uh how much more difficult it must be to even understand what our president is trying to tell us and that's why you've got to check out md hearing aid md hearing aid is an fda registered rechargeable hearing aid that costs a fraction of what typical hearing aids cost the average price of a hearing aid in america is over two thousand four hundred dollars a pair but their volt plus model is just three hundred dollars each when you buy a pair md hearing aid was found by an ent surgeon who uh, saw how many of his patients needed hearing aids but couldn't afford them he made it his mission to develop a quality hearing aid can that anybody can afford their sleek design fits so well no one will even know that you're wearing it plus it's rechargeable with battery life that lasts up to 30 hours if you forget to take your hearing aids off in the shower uh, which is a big problem for people that uh, have hearing aids nothing to worry about there the vault plus is water resistant in up to three feet of water you don't even need a prescription or a doctor's appointment you buy it directly from them with audiologists and licensed hearing specialists available seven days a week MD hearing aid Uh, has brought affordable hearing to over 600,000 satisfied customers. If you wanna be one of those, here's what you have to do. It's time to reclaim your life from hearing loss. Go to mdhearingaid.com and use promo code Walsh to buy there, to get there, buy one, get one. Uh, $300 each offer. Plus, they're adding a free extra charging case, a $100 value just for listeners of The Matt Walsh Show. So head to mdhearingaid.com and use our promo code Walsh, or you can even call them at 1-833-637-1024. That's 1-833-637-1024. All right, let's go now to read the YouTube comments. Uh, Bo says, Based on the room Matt's in, I can only assume Matt is, uh, Ben is punishing him for having to judge the SBG Anthem. Well, I, I was in a warehouse yesterday. That is true. I was tied in a chair in a warehouse. Uh, Stank Williams says, is this the Matt Wall show? Is this the Matt Wall show, the latest iteration of the Saul movie series? Run, Matt. Run while you can. Uh, pedagogy says, the secret to Matt's odd locations he's been doing his videos from is that he's actually looking for a good place to set up his SBG cult. Now, that's a good theory. Um And Ben says, I'm glad to see they're finally inching Matt back into the car where he belongs. And Yo Mama's Boo says, Matt looks like he's broadcasting from the Taliban's basement. Do caves have basements? That was a question. But yes, we have been broadcasting from a variety of random and sometimes bizarre places. And yes, it's true that we've provided no explanation for any of this. Um, All I can say is that one day it will all make sense. In due time. Have faith, my sweet babies. Have faith. Um... All right. Staff Sergeant Sullivan says 43 minute show returning to Matt Walsh dark days of 2019. It was it was one of the shortest shows that, that I've that I've done in a long time. I, I promise that today I'm going to continue babbling for at least several minutes more. Uh, Sloopy says, Matt, you are the code of silence breaker and I'm more and more thankful for it every day. Thank you. Also, as a woman football fan, I agree wholeheartedly with you. I have never liked women sideline reporters, interviewers, analysts for football. It irks me. Also, thanks. Thank you to the Daily Wire for finally providing SBG merch. We're not content with only T-shirts. We want mugs. Yeah, I I would like to have a whole, I mean, we're starting a cult after all. So we're gonna need a lot of supplies, not just T-shirts. Yeah, Sloopy, you're you're far from the only woman who has told me that you agree with the female analysts and reporters. I mean, that's that's the irony of this whole thing. And yeah, there's been a lot of female reporters have been screaming at me about this. But but many of the messages that I've gotten saying hey you know I actually agree with you have been from women so go figure and Sloopy also I got to give you credit because I know that you are you 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 had the very first although your uh, S B G anthem wasn't in the competition you had the very first one that we played on the show and so that is a distinction that I think uh, will hopefully give your life meaning for the rest of your days. Well, as we mentioned at the start of the show, we finally have our Sweet Baby Gang shirt, so you can be a member of the gang or the cult, however you want to look at it. They're selling out so fast uh, that you, you don't want to wait. If you've waited this long, don't wait anymore. Uh, you want to click the link in the description to get your order today. I'm also being instructed in this copy to start singing the SBG anthem, which will never happen, and my sweet babies know that I would never sing. Plus, we haven't we haven't named the, the anthem yet officially, so I can't do that. Um, but... The shirt is a masterpiece, and it is uh, something that will, I I think, brighten your day when you wake up in the morning and put it on. So go and uh, get that shirt today. Also, if you like The Daily Wire backstage, then I've got some extra exciting news for you. This October, not only will we be live and on stage at the famous Ryman Auditorium right here in Nashville, but we're also giving one lucky member a chance to win two VIP tickets to get front row seats. And not just that, but the winner will receive a $1,500 gift card to cover travel expenses, and also a meet and greet with the backstage hosts and more. So tickets for the Ryman show sold out already. So this is your one chance to get in on the action and have the best seat in the house, actually. So enter when you go to dailywire.com slash subscribe and join one of our membership plans with code backstage for 25% off your membership. If you're already a member, you'll be automatically entered. So get ready because you might just be on your way to Nashville to meet and watch myself, Ben Shapiro, Jeremy Boring, Michael Knowles, Andrew Klebb, and Candace Owens next month. Now let's get to our daily cancellation. Today we have someone who at this point is kind of a dark horse candidate to become the most canceled person on the Matt Wall show. That would be Demi Lovato. Uh, The thing about Demi Lovato is that uh, I know she's a singer, but I I couldn't name one song she's made. If I heard a Demi Lovato song, if I actually heard one, I I couldn't tell you that it was her singing. She's no pooh shiesty, I guess you could say. Uh, I'm not an expert in her catalog, the way that I am for my guy Pooh. When Lovato appears in a cancellation, therefore it's always because of comments she's made outside of her music. As far as that goes, she's been on kind of a desperate journey in recent years to discover herself and find an identity that is true and real and that will bring her the most media attention. And that's what's driven her to come out as a lesbian and then bisexual and then pansexual and then non-binary. I think that's the trajectory. So when I saw her name back in the headlines, you know, I thought this process was continuing and now she was coming out as, I don't know, a, a gay, disabled, polyamorous, aboriginal trans or trans man or something. I don't know. But that's not quite what she was up to. Here's the Daily Wire. It says singer and LGBT activist Demi Lovato encouraged followers to be a slut and make their own porn in a post to social media promoting prostitution, which was euphemistically described as sex work. The former Disney star posted an image to her Instagram stories Monday, which told followers to be a slut, show your body, get naked, have all the safe, different, consensual sex you want, be kinky, masturbate, make slash watch porn, make money. Just a reminder that being sexual is okay. Okay, now, the first problem here is that this all seems to be based on Lovato's assumption that her audience needs to be encouraged (laughs) to act like sluts. Um, the whole so-called sex positivity movement revolves around the notion that people are repressed and, and ashamed of their sexuality in our culture. And they need, they need a little nudge, a little inspiration, right? So they can go out and, and be their true whorish selves. But in a country where porn is a billion-dollar industry and suburban soccer moms have their own OnlyFans pages and we fly flags on our embassies to celebrate sexuality... And people bring their children to libraries to be read stories to buy, you know, f- for Drag Queen Story Hour. Um, given all of that, I don't think that there's much evidence of the sort of sexual shyness that people like Demi Lovato are trying to cure. Then again, I mean, we're also told that we need a body positivity movement in order to encourage fat people, even though most of the country is obese already. We're told that diet culture is a problem, even as we gorge on fast food double cheeseburgers. I mean, we live in a country where KFC Taco Bell hybrid drive-throughs exist. And people actually go and eat there. And Mountain Dew exists and people actually drink it. And yet we hear about diet culture being the problem. So there's there's kind of a disconnect, is what I'm saying. But the more important point is this. Lovato, like so many pop stars, is a miserable and lonely person. She's also a heroin addict. Now I don't say that as a cheap shot or to insult her. Uh, That's not the point. Uh, I just say it because it's true. She's an addict in an identity crisis who can't even figure out who she is. There is pretty clearly a deep misery at the core of this person. And this is the case again for so many of these celebrities. And yet these people still promote lifestyles that they know from experience lead only to misery and despair and self-destruction. That's the first thing you can do when you hear someone promoting a certain lifestyle or promoting you know, a, a certain philosophy of life or promoting any behavior at all and, and claiming that it will lead you to happiness and fulfillment. First thing you should do is look at them. Who is telling you this? Do they appear to be happy and well-adjusted and fulfilled people? Every person who stands on a stage or sings a song or posts a message to their millions of followers on Instagram, encouraging people, encouraging even the millions of kids in their audience as well, to objectify themselves, to prostitute themselves, um, every person who does this knows that it's not a path to happiness or fulfillment. They all know it from experience. And this is what makes the lie so great and so sinister that it's being told by people who fell for it themselves and experienced the consequences and now want other people to experience those same consequences too. It's it's like if somebody, you know, was standing on a cliff and they saw water below and and they thought that the water was deep enough, so they jumped into the water. And then they discovered that it's actually too shallow and they broke their legs. And rather than warning people who are still standing on the cliff and saying, no, don't do it, I just broke my legs, don't make the mistake I did, Instead, they shout up, yeah, come on down, the water's great. I guess this might be a long way of saying that misery loves company, but I think there's more to it, actually. Misery convinces itself that company is the cure. That if other people make the same miserable decisions, that somehow by majority vote, all of the misery will magically turn into joy. These empty people, think that if they can convince you to join them in their emptiness, then perhaps, you know, you'll all be full again. But it doesn't work. It can never work. The pursuit is fruitless, not to mention unbelievably selfish. And that is why today Demi Lovato is, again, I'm afraid to say, canceled. And we'll leave it there for today. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Godspeed. (laughs) The show is edited by Sasha Tolmachov. Our audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is done by Nika Geneva. And our production coordinator is McKenna Waters. The Matt Wall Show is a Daily Wire production, copyright Daily Wire 2021. Today on the Ben Shapiro Show, Virginia creates a time capsule so future generations can learn why America collapsed. And as Americans remain trapped
1: in
2: Afghanistan, COVID lockdowns loom and culture war breaks out everywhere, the Biden administration has a new old plan, throw money at all the things. That's today on the Ben Shapiro Show, give it a listen.